Welcome to the Startups Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the science and art of startups with founders and the broader startup community. I'm Tony Hackett, and I've spent over a third of my B2B sales career either working for early stage startups or as a go-to-market and social selling mentor for founders and their teams. In each episode, we will explore various topics, including decision-making, team building, and growth strategies. Before we meet today's guest, I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people attending today. Hello and welcome to today's podcast, where we are joined by Elisa Torres-Derney, the founder of Girls in Quantum an incredible organization dedicated to inspiring and empowering young women in the field of quantum computing. Girls in Quantum works tirelessly to promote equality and diversity in STEM education and career opportunities. We are thrilled to have Elisa here with us today to talk about her journey, what motivates her and how she is working to break down barriers for women in quantum computing. She is a true trailblazer in her field and we can't wait to hear her insights. So sit back, relax and prepare to be inspired by the amazing Elisa Torres-Derney. Elisa, it is fantastic to have you join me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to hear about your story. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to right now? Excellent. Now, thank you, Tony, for the invitation. So happy to be here and share a little bit of my story. I'm the founder of Girls in Quantum, and Girls in Quantum started last year. We're really into the mission of democratizing the location of quantum computing. So uh, we're up to that today. And yeah, so happy that uh, we have gathered so many girls and students around the world to study and learn more about quantum computing. Elisa, it's a big task that you've taken on. And one part made me think, why did it fall to you? And why is this something that needed to be taken on as a quest now? What is the, if you like, the supply chain of girls' school, high school, undergrad, postgrad? And where are the challenges and gaps right now that you're trying to close? Well, it all started because I had the opportunity to have, to have this scholarship from IBM for the coding school, which is now running. So if there's anyone interested in perhaps sharing the opportunity, uh, there's a coding school opening this sort of applications for high school students. And also first, I think that college students as well to learn quantum computing. So I had this great opportunity to learn and, and well, I felt fascinated I think that it was like I was jumping on my bed and telling my dad my dad and my mom hey I got into this program to learn about quantum computing Uh, but back then I had like no idea about quantum computing honestly so it was like getting immersed in this sort of world that unknown world for me Um, but still I knew that it was more about okay there's an emerging technology right Um, like it's involved with physics Uh, but yeah it lasts eight months so Throughout all those like months, I learned a lot, and I I think that I felt like the kind of feeling of okay now now what right so now I need to share this with other students and I think that uh, the way that I saw that and I still see this is democratizing education because okay I had the opportunity to to learn about it now what if more students can start learning and also engaging with themselves like sharing their passion their passions and their interests together that was the way I I saw it and. Well, I continue to see that like that. 
but also I think that now in terms of the age range as well, uh, we're involving, for example, students that are even 12 right now that like reach out to us and say like, hey Lisa, I want to learn more about this. So everyone is welcome, not just girls as well. We put the name Girls in Quantum because it of course brings the attention of more girls. And we're so happy that we have a lot of girls in the program and in the community, but also boys and any other people in general are involved and are welcome to, to join. That's why we're kind of having this sort of different age range, um, but we're happy to involve anyone who might be interested. Had you built a community before? Um, actually, no. Um, so it was more in my school, like uh, getting engaged in some activity schools that I have but nothing international in this way. I honestly didn't think it would be international. At first I thought, okay, I'm going to do something in my school, in my community. But yeah, I think that what was like the click on everything was the, the last day of school of the this eight-month program that I sent a Zoom message to uh, all the students right there. And I, I, I thought about, okay, we're a thousand. What's the probability that one can respond? So I, I sent the message and I think that I got three replies. A girl from India, a girl, no, I came from Spain first, from US and also Africa um, and afterwards with India. So that's how everything started. I was like really, really happy to start this sort of kind of initiative going on with all these girls starting sharing educational posts. It's an exciting first step, isn't it? And it's an interesting thing that when you think about a community, you can think about large numbers, but it all does start with the first person and the second person and the third person. That's right. The The challenge that you're taking on from a diversity and inclusion perspective, and as you rightly put, your community is Girls in, in Quantum and the website's Girls in Quantum. And I'd encourage anybody who's listening to go to the site and to absorb and gain knowledge and work out how to engage but to go from that to think in the broader diversity, inclusion and belonging to make people think that if this does exist, how could I become a part of it? One part of what you're doing is very much about the intellect and the thinking. How do you connect with the emotional side to get people to take that step? Yeah, no, that's that's such a good question. I think that, uh, well, this like whole of the community aspect has been a great challenge for us uh, in terms that it's not just, um, as I mentioned too, like, everyone that asked me is like, hey, how, how do you inspire the girls, right? It's it's because we don't just tell them like, hey, get involved into quantum computing, right? Uh, it's more about what the steps that we take to go there. So what we do is like mainly like talk with other mentors around the world, like physicists perhaps, or people that are in engineering or in STEM, so science, technology, engineering and mathematics, right? So what we do to have this community is engage also with mentors that are currently in the area or the field that can inspire the girls to like say, hey, I did this. I went through all of these challenges through my life, through like my, my professional life. Um, so here's what can you do? And also, how can I help? So that's the idea uh, to show like, hey, we're all persons that are interested in the area uh, and that you can communicate with us. And also we are like this community the most important is the support. So uh, if you're working on a project, let me know. Let me know how can I help you. Uh, that's the idea. And I think that it has worked really well. Although there are still challenges to get to more students, we're really happy with what we have done so far. Take me through some of those challenges that you're seeing and, and how you're starting to think through those. 
Yeah, of course. So one of the, the challenges that we have faced is uh, mainly the connectivity of some people, since the internet connectivity, because, well, we deliver all these sort of materials uh, through internet, through a website, through our social media, for example, and other platforms. And sometimes for people who do not have access to internet connectivity, that's such a major issue that many of us perhaps don't realize. So I think that what we do is try to reach perhaps people, ambassadors that are working on that area, that region, uh, or that country to, hey, to say, okay, we have these resources out there that are online. How can I provide those to schools? Um, we have done this with other countries as well. Um, and we're happy that we're also, that there are also women and females taking the lead in their countries. So we have ambassadors. We have currently 11 ambassadors working on with us. They are girls. They're like in college or in high school and they are perhaps sometimes going to their schools of their regions or countries. They are promoting uh, girls in quantum different conferences or events and other types of activities. So we're really happy to do that. We also recently launched a chapter in India, in the Pune region. So we're happy to do that and perhaps reach more schools as well. That is a fantastic step. How did that come about? I think that I, I never imagined being able to like come like do a, a chapter right there, um, especially because, well, I, I am a 17-year-old. I don't have much experience in terms of like, I don't know, managing everything, like projects and things like that. But I think that people got really interested. I think that we started sharing our enthusiasm in what we do or passion also or reach into more students because Sometimes when I tell people like, hey, we're 17 year old, year olds, uh, sometimes 15, they're like, but who is behind all of this, right? <laughs> so um, I think that the people that have reached to us, um, just like, hey, Lisa, how can I help you? Um, but they continue with this like next step. So we have received a lot of support, but sometimes people are like, okay, this is like the way that I can help you. Like these are the steps. Um, and I'm really happy because, well, one of them was Rani, the, the professor uh, and the PhD sorry, candidate that is working with us in Pune. And she's now leading the chapter um, with, my, with our uh, ambassador, Roini. She's 18. And they are like trying to create this community right there in that region to provide more educational resources. So really happy. They're brilliant steps and, and wonderful people to have engaged with you. That's a simple thing about the global reach and whilst there's no boundary to what we can do, what you have highlighted is there are some boundaries. So there are some communities where you're in South America, I'm in Australia, we're communicating, we take internet access for granted. There are people that you're trying to reach and an effect that don't have that same, that same opportunity. So that's, that's a remarkable attempt at reach. How do you then maintain momentum? You, you build up over the last year and you've gotten to this point. What does the mission look like from this point forward? Right now, it's just trying to get everything organized uh, since we started just as an initiative, as I mentioned before. So we're kind of now, okay, now let's see what is really happening right now. Like there are many girls joining us on Discord, for example, or a following on our social media. And we're like, okay, now we have to get in order, right? So getting everything organized and 
also planning on some departments. So we're now establishing the marketing department, the content creator, uh, event planning as well. So everything can be organized and girls can join and volunteers as well. Students in general can join and says like, okay, I'm going to collaborate in this department specifically. And that will be much easier for everyone, right? So that's our main idea right now. And also perhaps in the future, apply for funds. I think that, well, I'm not... 18 yet, so in Chile I cannot establish Girls in Quantum as a foundation. Uh, however, in in United States or U.S. ambassador could establish Girls in Quantum as a nonprofit, so 503. So we're really happy about that. But as soon as I turn 18, I think that I'll establish as well here as a nonprofit, and that could be really good because we can apply for funds to make other, uh, I can say, projects to reach more students. We've spoken a little so far about the program, the community and, and how you're building that out. Let's focus on you for a moment now and, and quantum computing. What is it that excites you the most? You spoke about your involvement with IBM, and I, I know from your LinkedIn profile that you've been at uh, conferences recently. Exactly. What, what have been the inspirations for you and where's, where's your interest starting to hone itself down to in quantum computing? Yeah, so it's been a, a long journey, honestly. It's been a journey of learning what I like also, what I don't like, and also about my future plans, right? So it's definitely um, about science that I want to study in the future. I, I consider bioengineering, engineering, or biomedical engineering, those three options that are kind of similar. Um, but yeah, I think that those could help me make this sort of foundation uh, in order to then specialize in a certain area. Uh, of, and of course, I want to include quantum computing in those areas or specialization. I think that one of the things that really uh, is interesting for me in quantum computing is the impact on pharmaceutics. So how can that impact the medicine that we'll be taking in the future? And also how scientists will developing those medicines and how fast that will be perhaps more efficient. Uh, so there are different sort of ways of saying that. But that's really exciting for me. I think that studying biomedical engineering or engineering in a sort of way and after specializing in an area of quantum computing, that's really exciting for me and I look forward to that. But so far, I'm, I think that I'm and I hope that in the future, I, I continue to enjoy what, what I do and also with Girls in Quantum in, in like not just perhaps focusing on what can I do next in, in my personal area, but how can I bring more students to have like that same interest? How do you prioritize? You must have a lot of people coming to you to draw on your experiences, not just from Girls in uh, Quantum in that community, but the ability to build a community what's your decision making process look like now versus 12 months ago oh that's that's such a difficult question i think that i have to i need someone to tell me how to prioritize honestly i think that i've been involved in a lot of projects uh, that i'm really really uh, lucky to participate in and and more than lucky also uh, i'm grateful to to take part in those projects and i think that also well in girls in quantum my personal life uh, having support it's it's amazing and also it's like my key thing and, and I, I think that I, I do not take it for granted at all but um, I appreciate that in, in case of Girls in Quantum I have this wonderful team of ambassadors and also members uh, that are around the world that are like hey Lisa let's do this let's have like let's have this seminar this conference really enthusiastic on doing more things so really happy about that and also uh, my family on the other side that is also really pushing me in like encouraging me, like, hey, Lisa, how can we help you? So really glad about that. And also I think that in, in terms of my personal 
uh, sort of management. I think that I have my my boards that are behind me right now, uh, that I keep everything organized right there, everything tracked, uh, what I need to do, my things in the week. So that's definitely a good tool to use. Yeah, tremendous. I can see that in the background. There's uh, obviously a lot going on in your life that needs to be tracked and mapped. The idea of trying to affect a community, I'm sure, appeals to most people, if not everybody that you speak with. How do you take people from recognizing the importance to tangibly getting involved? Well, I think that it has been a whole process about about that, especially because, well, I started and it was like, what is this girl doing in, in the field? Or uh, why does girls in quantum matter? So I think that I started by focusing on the important things, on how first can I reach students and afterwards reach people that can help us uh, sort of promote or, or mission and share that with other sort of perhaps platforms, medias. Uh, so I started first with more girls and students uh, and afterwards sharing, hey, here it's our mission. So we're not just any organization. We're not just a bunch of students doing something, but we have a clear purpose of democratizing education. And this is a way that we do it. So we do it by providing educational resources. So I think that having a, a great plan, it's key. So I I remember like having the first meetings with some, some girls and we were like, okay, how are we going to do this, right? <laughs> because it's a nice idea, right? It's not just telling the idea. So we had to say, okay, so let's do seminars. Let's create this way of doing seminars and inviting people like do sort of, I don't know, promoting these events on LinkedIn and social media as well and telling other people. So we started doing that. We started with seminars and we're continuing with seminars, but now with interviews, with research programs and also some other things that are ongoing. So really excited about that. What is a typical week? And I know you would immediately say there is no typical week, but <laughs> the time management, it must be remarkable. What's the last week looked like for you? How, how do you build this in and still have your own life and your own time and space? Exactly. So it's it's honestly always changing, um, but I think that I, I try to make some spaces for, for many, like my personal things, also school and well, girls in quantum and other activities. So I think that Firstly, it's school in the morning, going to school. I think that sometimes I, I end school really late, so at 6 p.m. sometimes. So it's really difficult <laughs> to make other tasks. After school, I think that for me, it's like reviewing all the emails from Grizz in Quantum, reviewing what we do in, in terms of the team uh, to help and also see what other projects can we do. And I think that the third part of the day, or the week in general, could be also on keeping track of the assignments for school. Uh, so that's the third one and also my activity. So I have to, I do track and field and I, I have to go there to my school to practice right there. Also, I, I involve in other programs. So I think that in the late afternoon, I, I try to prioritize my personal area. So that's what it looks like, those three areas. Um, and also in the, in the, in the weekend or all around the week. I try to make space for my family. So it's difficult. It's really a topic to, to make all of that happening. Uh, but I definitely try. I think that's the most important. And second of all, other thing that I really consider important is enjoying it and, and yeah, talking with your friends and just enjoying what you do. <laughs> Lucy, you've made me think about uh, some work that I'm involved with here, which I hadn't considered before our call today. And it's with the RMIT Forward Program, and it's around workforce transformation and skills development of the future. 
And up until I called today, I'd been thinking about that and doing some work and speaking to some people about how they think about that, the gaps they see in the marketplace and the skills that need to be developed. And in my mind, I'd been thinking about it from a perspective of uh, mature businesses or or well-advanced startups and the gaps that they were seeing and how they would look to actually cover those gaps or how they were finding difficulty in recruiting people. But speaking with you today, it's made me consider how the workforce transformation can be driven from a different angle because you're identifying it from a community perspective and creating this capability and this expertise from a community perspective in advance of somebody going and looking for it. Having said that, quantum computing is without a doubt a growth opportunity. And if you have the capability and the skills and you want to build a career for the future, that's probably a good place to go and look. But it does make me think about workforce transformation and what the RMIT Forward program led by Peter Thomas is all about and what they're, they're trying to do. No, and I think that, well, that's that's what we, how we started. Um, I think that, of course, there's no magic formula for us, but being trying of being consistent with what we do and try to check on the communication of the team, especially what what we want to work that uh, on that like this sort of phase of the of the organization. But yeah, I think that we look forward to uh, afterwards collaborating with other companies or institutions to help us provide this to more students in the regions. You're a very young program, 12 months old or just over 12 months old. And when you started to now, any surprises or hurdles that you hadn't anticipated that there might be a learning within to share with anybody who's listening today? I think that definitely it was about the skepticism of people (laughs) sometimes, people being skeptical about like, what is this sort of group of girls or students is doing? Uh, So definitely you could like bring like, hey, but uh, with who are you working with, right? Or if this uh, sort of a, a partnership with other organizations. So there's always that kind of these questions that people may have about us that I wasn't expecting at all. I think that it, it was more about, okay, being us, just focusing on our project or initiative. So that was definitely something that was caught me off guard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that among other challenges, it's more about focusing on on the good aspect of it because sometimes people are okay so how are you going to accomplish this in the future and start like worrying about too much on what if instead of what can we do uh, so of course we need to be realistic on the things that can happen in the future on the long term on how we're going to run this organization as well but also in in our main focus of democratizing the location so people have told us okay so how are you going to how is it going to be profitable in the future, girls in quantum? So there are definitely uh, ways that we need to talk with the, the team in general because this is all volunteering, but also according to our goal that it's being a nonprofit that helps students to have this access of education. So uh, I think that those are kind of the difficulties that I didn't expect <laughs> because I thought it was going to be smaller. But yeah, I think that it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> That's a great share, actually, and the uh, the honesty and the candor of that is is very meaningful. So thank you for for saying that. Something you touched on early that I'd like to ask, and that is around uh, mentors and coaches. And you spoke about mentoring right at the start. Do you have uh, a comment or some advice around mentoring that you would share? Yeah, I think that it has been definitely a good experience for me to talk with mentors and also some people that are going to guide us through like many processes. So I think that uh, for us, what has been key is like sometimes we have to get into the the area. For example, if we're looking for quantum computing, uh, what we do is trying to reach, okay, 
what is like the kind of mentor that we want, right? So uh, it's going to be for the long term, short term, but also it's about how we're going to bring education to students in a way that it's interactive and fun. So it's not just being into a classroom like as we do in school, just teaching about, okay, so learn this, this and this with a, I don't know, a PowerPoint or any other tool, but it's more about being interactive and try to like, sometimes people are, are telling us, hey, at least I learn more about with this meme. <laughs> than with a, perhaps a slide of presentation. So it's kind of seeing through that way and trying to bring sort of mentors that can understand that. And we have been really lucky because they are some of our mentors that we're working on with. They're like, okay, Elisa, let's let's do this initiative. Let's play this game uh, or do this lab in the session. And that's really something that we appreciate. And I think that it's really something that also students appreciate and says like, hey, we can do this next time. Uh, so it's definitely kind of making something that could be boring to something interactive and also that you can learn at the same time. Fantastic. And a, a wonderful place for us to wrap today's conversation, I think. Elisa, thank you for taking the time. It's a fantastic story. I'm excited for the future of it and I'd love to stay in touch. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feedback is always welcome. And I would appreciate introductions to potential future guests to invite onto the podcast. But that's it for today. Thanks for listening and bye for now.